Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon trading card games from your podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined as always by my good, good friend, Mr. JW Crewall. JW, how goes it? It's going okay, Riley. I'm feeling a little sick. Took yeah. a sick day at work. We were talking about how cringe that is. Being to be sick, sick is so cringe, man. <laughs> it yeah. Sucks. Yeah, yeah, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I was sick. I did take my sick day. I The thing about sick days, and I, I don't know, maybe this is how they get you at, at companies, right? Like, sick days don't, you can't accrue sick days at my company, which is fine. Like, I don't have any particular feelings about sick day accrual. But then that makes me nervous, though, to use my sick days, because I'm like, well, what if I get sick in November? Or what if I get sick in December? And like I only have be suspicious or something like, well, and I only have, you know, I think one more sick day left, like our company's merged or whatever. And so we get, I think five in a year. And so it's been prorated. So I use like my one sick day for the year. So I'm like, man, what happens if I, you know, come down with coronavirus or something later on? <laughs> so you don't like, if you don't use them, they just go away every year or? Yeah, you just get like five every year, and that's it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we we accrue them over time for sure. Gotcha. Which, I guess, is nice. I mean, I guess I don't have super strong feelings. I'm not sick that often every year, but well, right. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm like, you know, do but I? But it's ever nice if something were to really happen. use them. Right. Well, right. That's what I'm saying too. It's like, what if I, you know, had to get my gallbladder removed? Yeah, yeah like was, the most tragic thing you could think of. Is that's right. <laughs> and I was out like three, four, five, perhaps a week. <laughs> like cold water removal, really. Making it tough to work for both. Yeah, man. <laughs> Please tweet at us at Tag Team Pokemon how long it takes for your cold water to recover. But anyway, yeah, I, so I just like didn't do it. Like today was an absolute blur. Yeah, I just didn't do anything. I just tried to sleep. And... Yeah, that's the worst is when you have, like, the brain haze, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, just the day feels like it's a complete fog. I just knew it wasn't going to be. I woke up in the morning, and I was like, yeah, this isn't happening today. That so. sucks. Yeah, oh, well. But how are you? I'm doing well. Um, I, I'm i kind of thriving at work right now, man. not going to lie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm kicking major butt. But, Let's go. Um. Yeah, things are going well. Things are going well. I'm excited for Halloween this weekend. It'll be a fun. Um, I guess it's not technically Halloween this weekend, but the Halloween weekend festivities are this weekend. They are. Um, I'm excited for new Pokemon cards to come out relatively soon here. Yes. And overall, I can't really complain. You know? Can't really I'll complain. give you something to complain about. What's that, buddy? Well, I don't know. I'll think of it. I haven't okay. thought of it yet. Okay. Well, I can, I'm going to complain about your lack of follow-through. Then. That's right. You're just a flaky Andy over there. So true. <laughs> awesome. So today we're going to have a little bit of a shorter episode. JW is not feeling 100%, so we want to respect his <laughs> desire to My perhaps sweep. rest. Yes. My sweepy sweep. <laughs> So we need GW to feel good. Uh, so that way we can continue putting out high quality content. So he's going to be taking a little schnooze here tonight. Uh, but we're going to do some fun topics in the spirit of Halloween. It's spooktober. And so we're going to do four fun topics about 
you know, scary, nerve-wracking type of Pokemon situations, decks, cards, all the like here. So we'll start with our first topic for today, which would be the most nerve-wracking turns. So what is the experience you've been in the game and it comes down to this, it's maybe high stakes, it's got you feeling all shaky in your jimmies. Yeah. JW, what is a turn like that that comes to mind for you? I think for me, it's any of, like, and this is a little bit of a cop-out answer, but it's any of the, you know, when you're playing for the last, you know, the last round or you're winning in or whatever, and it's, you, you know, you put yourself in a position to win and you're just waiting for your opponent to complete their turn. You know, and like you're just trying to think through all the situations where, okay, as long as they don't have this card, then I'm totally fine. You know, <laughs> as long as they don't have this card. So, like, anytime I'm putting that win in in situation, what I think of specifically as a turn like that was at Worlds this year. In the last round, it was winning in, right? Win, I go on to day two, lose, and I'm out of the tournament. And it's just sitting through that last moment where my, my opponent could have had some like crazy ridiculous combo, like a cross <laughs> switcher uh, play into uh, like a scoop up net on the Inteleon to like double quick shoot. And, you know, so you're just like sitting there. You're like, oh, my gosh, I really hope that doesn't happen to me. And thankfully it didn't. But I'm going to lump in my most nerve wracking turns as being any turn that. Yeah, those like is final turn situation yep. when it yep. ends. Yeah, man, those are heart wrenching. <laughs> they they really are. are. I gotta say, mine's a little higher stakes. I think my most nerve wracking turn in all of Pokemon. Uh, flashback to Dallas of 2018, uh, the regional I would later go on to win. I'm in the finals. It's game three against Isaiah Williams, and. You know, we're both on the precipice of winning. We both just need to take our final prizes to win, but I am ahead in the race. Um, I, Isaiah, though, he hits me with the good old N, uh, throws me down back to a low hand size, mm -hmm. and I desperately need... I, it was either, like, I think it was the double colorless. It might have been a Zorark. I need one more piece to win the game. Um, and it's not either of the two cards off of the end, and it's not the top deck. <laughs> so now I'm in a situation, it might even be a one card end, um, but now I'm in a situation, I have one Zorark GX left in play, and this will decide the game. Either Isaiah wins because I don't draw an out, or I win because I do. It's almost like the flip side of your, your description, JW. Totally. So I trade, discard one of the random bullcrapper cards from my hand, draw the first card, it's a brick. It felt like a million years was spent in the moment of me drawing that second card, and boom, it's exactly what I need. Let's second go. card off the top after the end, slam that down, kick Isaiah's butt, <laughs> win in the finals. And go on to become a regional champion. It was so awesome. That's pretty epic. It, it was. Although I was, I was so freaked out in that moment. It Were was, you sweating? I sweating really hurts. was. <laughs> so like, seeing it there, 
was also one of the biggest experiences of like relief I may have ever had. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like it's over <laughs> and I did it. Totally. You totally. Know? Yeah. Yeah. How would you have felt? Do you think if that didn't go your way? I think I would have been a little heartbroken because I really just dominated that whole tournament. So to, to go through all of that, to just lose in the finals may have been more heartbreaking than like any winning and loss any mm. uh like any top four top eight loss because man i had that tournament completely unlocked so the fact it was even that close almost made me uh, upset of itself yeah for sure so well yeah, the story is broken ed card i guess yeah i think so <laughs> All right, so talked about the most nerve-wracking turn. Let's turn our attention to the scariest matchup that you've ever faced. And, and maybe this is, uh, you know, a scary matchup that you've, that you've overcome. You know, you're playing uh, your deck for the tournament, and your opponent flips over a card, and immediately you know that you're in for trouble. <laughs> What's your scariest matchup that you've ever faced in a tournament? Yeah, I think over the years... I've had a lot of these sorts of situations where my opponent will like flip over a card and I'm like, <laughs> I hate my life in that moment type of situation. Um, when I one that like definitely sticks out in my mind was um, was also in Dallas. It was round ten, so day one or day two, round one. Um, I'm playing the Zorak deck. No switching outs. Guzma wasn't a card at the time. I wasn't playing stand-in. I was playing foul play. Um, and my opponent, JP, is playing shock lock. <laughs> and in theory, I have no way to beat that deck whatsoever. As long as he sets up, he will win. Uh, in practice, it ended up being that I hit him with a red card and won that way. Let's go. Um, I don't think that's maybe even my best example of something like that. I'm just like scrolling through another one that jumps out to me was uh, round eight of indie regionals last year i played against m taylor um he was playing the amazing reshi oh ram deck goodness. against yes. our whimsicott deck and yes. like whimsicott didn't do anything versus amazing reshi ram and was one shot in return and i convincingly lose game one and then somehow win game two and three i don't even know what happened there this deck just kind of failed him um Let's see. What is another like good example? I think those are maybe like my two most recency bias, like top of my head examples. Right. But yeah, you accrue those over the course of a of a career in Pokemon. It feels like you can overcome the odds if you if you believe in the heart of the cards. Yeah, I mean those are definitely like putting yourselves in those situations where you know, I mean, you, you, you overcome that difficult matchup. It gives you the confidence, right, to do it in the, mm -hmm. in the future, right, I think for sure. So uh, mine would have been in 2013, my regional final was against a deck that was just tailor-made to beat my deck. So I was playing a Verizian Mewtwo deck, and I played against a fire-based, I mean, a fire-based, like, drift, they had... Victini EX that could do, you know, 200 damage to my Verizians and Genesex. And then they had a Drift Blim line that did more damage for the amount of special energy that I think was in my discard pile. So my deck relied a lot on double colorless, and so they would use Enhanced Hammer. 
get all my double colorless in the discard pile and then swing for, I think, just like one energy. It did 50 times the amount of energy, special energy in my discard or something like that, something crazy with the Drift Bloom. And so the Psychic Weakness could knock out my Mewtwo's and the Fire Weakness could knock out all my Grass Boys. And it was just like the perfect counter to what I was playing. <laughs> and it, yeah, it was, it was so grindy. That matchup was so, so grindy, but I was able to just find little ways to like, you know, knock out the threats on the Pokemon that I was trying to set up and just manage to squeak it out there at the end. But I remember just going up there in that, in that final and just thinking, you know, I have no shot at this. I'm going to play my, my best. I'm going to do what I can, but. If I was a betting man, then I would have put, you know, thousands on the other, on the other side of the table. So that would have been my scariest matchup. But did manage to win it. That one was. Uh, it felt really good. There was a last turn. I remember he put down. He like had me locked up. Like he was gonna win. There was no way for me to win unless he plays another Pokemon on its bench. Cause at that point he had only high HP Pokemon in play things that I couldn't knock out. And he benches for no real reason, a, uh, a Drifloon. Oh. And that Drifloon had like 70 HP or something. It was just enough. I could knock it out. So I gusted <laughs> it up, knocked it out, took my last prize. And that was just like, so relieving to have beat that because I had to work really hard. You know, that's the thing in those hard matchups, right? You're like working really hard for the most part to try to eke out every little advantage and was able to do that. Overcame, you know, it's probably, I mean, they should, they should write a book about it. You know, it's like, they should, man. The Iliad, the Odyssey, (laughs) JW's 2013 regional finals. (laughs) So true. So true, man. You're definitely up there amongst the legends. Very heroic, very heroic. (laughs) that's a good one yeah i think uh it almost feels like as you approach the ends of these tournaments you almost like see these guys if you feel it more at least you know like certainly i've played really crappy matchups in the early phases of tournaments but it hits way harder when it's in those end games you know well i think too you know you look at the early game early rounds like you're more likely to be playing somebody that maybe is less skilled. That's not always the case, but certainly, you know, if you're thinking like, okay, round 14 versus round one, you know, certainly the player at round 14 is going to at the very least know how to pilot their deck. Like, (laughs) what are you saying about my round one opponent? I'm not, I'm just, I'm just pointing it out. You know, I mean, and you know, there, you can't obviously. I'm just making an observation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Facts, bro. Facts. So it's definitely always better to hit those bad matchups early, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm trying to think if there's any others that really jump out to me, but I think every other time I've hit like my scariest matchup, I indeed this I was scared for a reason. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a couple scary rounds in in Indianapolis with that Wimscott deck where I played a couple of Duraludon. Oof. That I managed to beat one, which was, I got just very lucky and he put energy on the wrong places and stuff. Um, and he even knew it like after the game, he's like, Oh, I should have just charged up this other thing instead of, and I was like, yeah, probably would have won if you did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I won. <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, that was. Oh man. Oh, here's another good one. When I was playing Wacky Smacky, the Viral Flume stall deck in uh, in Collinsville of 2019, um, it was either around, I think it was round eight, maybe round seven. I played against um, against Nico Galaz, mm. and for whatever reason, he had been under the impression that stall was going to be like a really big thing at this tournament. So he played the Persian in his Zorark, uh, mm. I think it was maybe Zorark Lycanroc or some sort of Zorark, just straightforward Zorark deck. But he played the Persian, and the Persian uh, would discard your opponent's hand down to four cards. And the goal of Wacky Smacky was to accumulate literally as many cards as possible into your hand. And an unknown hand usually is your win condition. Right. Um so and I had never really even tested against the Persian because I assumed it was just such a bad situation that it wasn't even worth my time. Um, so we end up in that situation playing against each other, and I think I beat him two zero just by like keeping my hand at exactly four and wow. like Stevensing up to four. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it was so sick. Wow, it was disgusting. That's crazy. Uh, That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he was not happy about it. But well, the the hardest thing about the Persian was that you get to choose which card. Yes, yeah, exactly. They get to so rip. that's like way that's like way different than a lot of these other cards where it's like uh, your opponent chooses cards or like discard randomly or something. Yeah. No, the Persian was hand select the cards beyond four from your opponent's hand <laughs> yeah. to, to discard, which that like at the right time or I guess the wrong time just makes a break breaks a match. Yeah, that was that was really freaking tough, man. So, yep, two owed that though. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, well, you're insane. Uh, yeah, man, I'm so freaking good. <laughs> <laughs> Any others that jump to you? Not nothing specifically. I, I like the thing about the thing about the way that my brain works is that I can't retain a ton of this information for too long unless it's particularly outstanding but i just you know i've played so much poke in my life from testing to actual tournament play that yeah. it's kind of you know it just leaves as soon as it enters you know facts it's just like i don't have the computing power in my my feeble You're little peanut old. brain yeah yeah too to, old. to remember Brain's that kind of stuff decaying way too fast yeah absolutely <laughs> awesome well why don't we pivot then into a card of the day Jennifer, what do you got for us today yeah let's do it so i was thinking about the charizard ultra premium collections that are starting to be leaked players are getting their hands on them collectors are finding them in stores or ordering them online i was thinking about this one time that i went to i was at dunham's What's in that? The, it's like a sports store. Like a Dick's? Yeah, kind of like a Dick's. Okay. I was at a Dunham's at the Birchwood Mall oh. in Port Huron, you, Michigan. You gotta know the Birchwood Mall. Yeah. On Earth. <laughs> Planet Earth. Planet Earth. Yep. And I... I don't know. I'm buying something. Maybe it was for like lacrosse season or I don't know. I was in high school. I think at this point you were a lacrosse I like, player. I, I played lax for one year. That tracks. 
What is what is that supposed to mean? I'm just saying it makes sense. Ah, okay. Yeah, I wish I would have played it more. I yeah, had a really totally. Good time. Yeah, lacrosse was like really fun. Yeah, man. I you definitely would fit that bill for sure. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't know. I was picking something up. I can't remember. But then I saw that they had this, uh, you know, this little stand of of cards, and they had. You know, sports cards obviously was kind of the primary, but they also had some Yu-Gi-Oh! and they also had some Pokemon. And they had a couple of older packs. Like, they had some of the more recent sets. I think at that point it was, um, you know, Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver around that 2010 era. But I saw a Crystal Guardians pack, and I was like, you know what? That's kind of cool. It's like the last Crystal Guardians pack on the shelf. This is, you know, a few years old. Like, I don't know. I'll just throw it on. Like, I didn't really know too much about the high-end collecting at this point to know, like, oh, you know, buy it and maybe keep it sealed since it's a few years old or, you know, whatever. I didn't really care. I was like, okay, this is old. This is not something that I see too often in the wild, so I'll just pick it up. And I get home, and I'm like, okay, I guess guess I'll open my pack. And... uh, and I open a Delta Species Charizard, and it was, it was fantastic. It was an absolutely incredible pull. This is a dual-type Charizard with uh, lightning and, and metal type, as was the <laughs> uh, you know very common of the Delta Species Pokemon yeah. of the day. And just a really cool-looking card, weird-looking card. You know Charizard normally. Normally fire type, obviously, to, so to have this dual typing and non-fire types is very interesting and just a very sentimental card to me. And I ended up getting it graded; and it got like a seven or something. Nothing, nothing too. Um, that's your impressive. Seven. That's that's my seven. That's, that's my seven. I'm, I uh, have a have a soft spot in my heart for that little Delta Species Charizard that I pulled on a <laughs> random outing to Dick's. I think that's probably the only Crystal Guardians pack that i've ever opened one for one baby that's right (laughs) so i'm trying to like crystal guardians i looked it up came out in like 2006 or something so that would have been like a four-year-old pack um so like what was it what was coming out four years ago that would have been like uh like the tag team sets or something forbidden light yeah yeah imagine like seeing a it's a random Forbidden Light pack in a Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> <laughs> and then pulling, you know, something reasonable from it. Yeah, I'm trying to... I think four years ago would have really been, like... Yeah, the precipice of... Ta- it would have been, like, Lost Thunder would be coming out. Yeah. Forbidden Light been Lost Thunder, yeah. Neato. Well, get a little Lost Thunder pack. That's right. <laughs> Man, would you have kept it unopened if you had all the knowledge you do now? Um, prop probably. I guess. I mean, yes. I don't know. What's what's the answer to that? Yes. What if I you guess? still knew you'd open a crystal Charizard, but you'd have to, but you'd have to make it to your current day before you could get it graded. Ah, uh, that's that's a great question. You know, the <laughs> hypotheticals here are are stellar. Um. <laughs> So you'd have to I, keep I it know. pristine all the way through that. I, I think I'd I think I'd open it. I just the Crystal Guardians pack artwork was kind of cool. I think mine had a Delcaddy on the front, 
I just remember they uh, like packs back then with the arts and like that era, they had kind of this like 3D modeling yeah. of the Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Which I never really understood. Like they weren't hand drawn, you know, like they kind of are now, I feel like, or I don't know. They're, they're more um, homogenized now, I would say, on the packs in terms of the artwork than they were back then. Like back then it was this weird free 3D art and yeah, kind of a free for all exactly. So yeah, I think I would still open it probably. You know, I've resolved to keep one sealed box of every set. If, if, it, if I win a box of that set, at least I'll, I'll yep. keep one sealed into yep. perpetuity now. And yep. maybe one day it becomes expensive. Maybe it's just a cool thing to have on my shelf, but um, Andrew and I both resolved that coming out of Salt Lake city actually. Wow, that's uh, that's a, a very recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have just Lost Origins right now. Nice. Which is a it's cool, honestly, a cool set. It's got Giratina, it's got Zorark. I mean, what more do you really need to be successful? Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, I I really put a lot of stock into Evolving Skies as a. Yeah, we've talked about set. that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bought a couple cases of that. I think that set's gonna just explode. <laughs> where do you keep those exactly so they're I can take right notes. oh yeah um they're in my they're in my uh lock box <laughs> they're in a, they're in a safe <laughs> yeah they're in my underground bunker they're maximum security 24 <laughs> 7 guard patrol that's right okay yeah i guess good on you for that then that also checks out huh so let's go ahead then and thank our sponsor for today's episode, which is, of course, Manscaped. And let me tell you, ladies, gentlemen, you do not want to be looking scary down there this Halloween season. And what better way to clean up your act than with the number one men's grooming product brand? JW, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about why Manscaped's so awesome? Manscaped has been great. I, uh, you know, use it every single week. Just the the quality of the product, the smoothness of the shave, the variety that they offer. I mean, we can't really um, say more than that we've already said, to be honest, on the products. But they are truly um, some of the best, like, self-care products that I've ever used. They have ear and nose hair trimmers i like those particular they have uh you know the the razors the lawnmower and they have just a bunch of you know deodorant um you know things that make you smell nice the shampoo the conditioners all that good stuff so i can't speak highly enough about their products and i use them like i said like if not every day certainly every week yeah man i literally use manscaped products every day because i use their body wash in the shower right now it's really awesome Solid. So if you're looking to get on board this holiday season slash Halloween holiday season with Manscaped, good news is you can do it easier than ever with the code TAG TEAM. Now to use it, pretty simple. All you got to do is head over to manscaped.com, type that into your browser, put some things in your cart, things that you think you might enjoy. My favorite is certainly their Boxers 2.0. And then once you're at checkout, just type code tag team, T-A-G-T-E-A-M, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. Nobody wants to pay for shipping in the year 2022. And the good news is 
you won't have to deal with that scary, scary shipping this Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. So head on over to manscaped.com, code tag team, 20% off plus free shipping. Look and smell like the boys here on tag team. Go on over to manscaped.com, code tag team. Interesting way to sell it. I mean, I feel like people have always wanted to smell like us, right? That's that's facts, bro. (laughs) Thank you so much to tag team for sponsoring the cast. Thank you so much to Manscaped. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dude, you infected me with the brain rot. (laughs) Chill. I'm sick, bro. Dude, I'm getting it through the 5g all right so let's move on to another topic our most horrifying deck choice now we've both played in a ton of tournaments over the years but i'm sure that there's one deck that sticks out to you as being an absolutely either atrocious deck for the tournament or maybe just a horrible list So, Riley, what is your most horrifying deck choice? Gosh, it's tough. I've definitely played some stinkers over the years. I don't think I've ever played something, like, so overtly, like, obviously bad. It was just a nightmare. Um, A couple of things that jumped to mind for me, though. um, At my first ever regionals, Orlando of 2016, I had just turned 21. That was my first Pokemon event ever before I even played in a League Challenge or a League Cup. And I roll up with freaking Rainbow Road. And not only is it just Rainbow Road, it's Rainbow Road with all the evolving dual-type Pokemon to make it extra clunky. So just a complete disaster of a deck. I think I went like 5-4 or something. Not super good. Some other decks that jumped to mind for me, I never played it a regional, but... Every single time I tried to play Tapu Bulu Vika Bolt, <laughs> it was the every single time it felt like the worst deck I ever played. <laughs> so that's just that's just always up there. And shout out to the real ones who were actually willing to take that to, mm. to like major events instead of just league cups. Totally. And then more recently, probably the worst deck I ever. Honestly, the worst deck I ever played at a tournament might be Whimsicott. No, no. Loki, it might be with the guy. No. And I told I told Angie that too. I think that might have been certainly as a group, collectively, that's the worst deck we ever played. Dude. That's so sad. I felt like that deck was like pretty good for the meta and I well constructed, right? Like Yeah, it was a good list. It, it felt like fine for the meta, but it was definitely a bad deck. That's fair. <laughs> what about you? I had this one list in like 2013, 2014, or I don't know, 2012, 2013, whatever electric was a deck. Um, mm. There was the, you know, electric that's very similar, or, uh, basically identical except for a few minor text differences to the Flaffy of current day. So you could accelerate a lightning energy from the discard pile to your Pokemon. And I remember at a States tournament, which was a like a localized regional, I guess they called them states back then. Um, you know, you'd get probably a hundred to 200 people depending, but, um, at the state tournament, I brought an electric deck with Rayquaza EX and that yeah, Rayquaza that's, EX. That's had, so far. It's like pretty similar to the Rayquaza VMAX where you have a, a fire and a lightning and you discard for the amount of, 
you know, lightning or whatever, whatever. You discard energy and then you do, you know, multiplicative damage based on how much energy you discard. And I remember like the night before, I'm like, man, I really want to like have a better matchup into this. And so I tech a card and I'm like, well, I'd really like to have a, you know, a better matchup into this other deck. I like tech another card and I'm like, man, I'd really like to have a good matchup into this other deck. And I tech another card in and all of a sudden I look at my list and it has probably 21 of <laughs> Yeah. It's just like one of those things where I just overthought it. And I, I ended up with this list that was so far removed from what the archetype should have been. <laughs> like I was, you know, I had electric, so I was like trying to tech in all these other attackers <laughs> to make use of, of, you know, at least the energy acceleration. I had like, I don't know, Victini in there. I had, I think like a grass attacker. I was trying to like knock out cure or knock out Terrakians. Um, I had just a bunch of weird items that I definitely did not need. <laughs> Heck yeah. And it was just one of those decks that just got off the rails and I did not do well with it in the tournament, but it was certainly a horrifying list. I would love to find that. <laughs> I think it's just lost forever, but it's a relic man, of history. Yeah. It's a relic of history for sure. And that was without a doubt, my scariest list. <laughs> I would also nominate, I had a kind of a similar experience where I played a Night March Maxis deck at, um, it's like Collinsville 2017 or something like that. And I thought Night March Maxis is actually a really excellent archetype choice. You know, you look at the two finalists from that regional, it was Rayquaza, uh, not VMAX, Mega Rayquaza EX and Decidueye. So if you get like Archeops out versus either of those, you're kind of chilling. Right. Um, but I just, I filled it with all these stupid freaking supporters. Cause I'm like, you could just battle compression them away. And then they always clogged my hand. <laughs> so I was like right on the precipice of having a really good deck. But instead I built a really mediocre deck. Right. Cause it was just full of, full of the crap and not the sauce. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's scary. I think there's a lesson in there somewhere that we could have a whole episode about one day about just like have being focused with your decks instead of like trying to stretch them too thin. I don't know though. Cause I think that's, there's definitely multiple ways of, you know, multiple thought uh, patterns for, for choosing. I guess it like depends on the, decks, right? the type of deck you're building, right? Like a deck like, like Netmarch Maxis, you'd probably just want it to be, as streamlined as you can be to execute that strategy and win because the deck is too good. Right, right. Um, maybe a deck like Eels, there's like a healthier middle ground to take than right. wherever you landed. Absolutely. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, you know, there's a full, there's a spectrum uh, based on the deck itself, I suppose. So our final topic here, your favorite deck that features a ghost type pokemon absolutely so so give it lay, lay it on me riley what what is your favorite deck that features a ghost type pokemon yeah it's tough because i don't play a lot of, of uh, like psychic decks but i think for me like the most iconic deck for me when i think of ghost type pokemon has to be um 
like Lost World Gengar type of mm. decks, you know, with with Mew. Um, Gengar is just the most iconic ghost type Pokemon, and the whole Lost World Gengar situation just feels like a, such a a spooky ghostly <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, and it's just a cool deck. I love uh, kind of the Harkle Soul Server Prime era cards even though i didn't play back then i'm very fond of that era of the game and that's just like one of those cool niche strategies that existed around then that i wish there was more of today did you know that that was my first ever deck i did not i thought your first deck was another deck from that era no no that was the first deck that i went to like an official tournament with how'd you do i I lost my winning in. I think I Oof. went four. I went four two, and it was like a, it was a situation where I couldn't ID my last round or whatever, yeah. and uh, we ended up having to play it. Or maybe I went three two. Actually, it was probably three two because it was a, it was like a local tournament. Gotcha. But it was one of those situations where it just like I think it was top four or something, um, where it was like we couldn't you know we couldn't ID so we had to play it and and I ended up losing but it's all good fun <laughs> little deck. Do you want to know a fun fact? I would love to know a fun fact. All right. Well, you don't get to learn it. Uh, just kidding. So I ask my opponents, like, while we're setting up to play, I tend to ask them, hey, like, what's your favorite Pokemon? It's just, like, a very streamlined kind of icebreaker. You don't, I'm not asking them how they're doing because they'll always just answer how they're doing in the tournament and not how, how they're, they're doing, doing as IRL. a human being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I always just ask, like, what's your favorite Pokemon? Far and away, the answer I get the most across Pokemon TCG players that I play at tournaments is Gengar. Gengar is just a huge, huge fan. I underestimated how big of a fan favorite I think Gengar is. Gengar is kind of sussy. <laughs> what do you mean? I, like, I mean, think about the design of the Pokemon, right? Like, it's just like a, it's like a little purple dude, and he just, <laughs> and he smiles. Like, that's the thing. The whole, the whole shtick is that he smiles. And he's a ghost. But he's not even smiling like he's happy. Like, he's smiling like he's kind of like... He's a mischievous little guy, yeah. Invade your soul. Yeah, because he's an evil ghost guy. He's so boring in the design. I think a lot of people are fond of, of the simple designs. But he's like... He's so boring. Well, tell that to all the Gengar fans out there, man. I'm not saying that... That's it. The Gengar is objectively the best Pokemon. I'm saying the Gengar is the answer. Gengar is not the best Pokemon. <laughs> That's fine. Like, you can think that. <laughs> That's a wrong opinion. Gengar's not even my favorite Pokemon. He's just <laughs> a very popular answer to that question. Many people are saying this. <laughs> Many people are saying Gengar is their favorite Pokemon. So what is your favorite ghost-type deck then, JW? Well, I mean, you kind of stole mine, but that's okay. Um, no, but my my love to hate ghost type deck the the deck that <clears throat> that i always wanted to play i like desperately wanted to play this deck but never got a chance to was the chandelure deck Ooh. of 2013 yeah. 2014 where you could place damage counters on your opponent's pokemon <laughs> and the only thing that really kept people out of playing this deck was that tropical beaches were so expensive now i've talked about this on the podcast in the past but there used to have the they used to have these city marathons where you know 
major Pokemon hubs like Chicago or Toronto, um, Atlanta would have multiple tournaments over multiple days, like right in a row. So I would go sometimes to Toronto um, for their city marathons. And that was where I just got obliterated like every single tournament by the chandelures. And no. it really made me like, well, and the funniest thing was that the chandelure decks were starting to tech for each other <laughs> oh, as opposed geez. to the metagame. Yeah. Because they were just so heavily favored against every single deck that they were trying to play just absurd things. They were playing Cobalions so that in the mirror they could one-shot chandelures that had been powered up because chandelure had like a 50 damage attack for three energy um and they were playing yeah they were playing like cobalions and just all this weird random crap <laughs> to like beat the mirror absol um to beat the mirror instead of actually teching for the field which i was like oh my gosh that's such a cool deck that you can just do that that you don't even care about what you're playing against because you know you're gonna win and the biggest thing about that deck was that it was gatekept by Tropical Beach. Now, again, you're in Toronto, Canada. Canada has two official languages, so you could play French cards in Canada. So I thought for a little while, like a Tropical Beach back then was still, you know, maybe $70 or so English. And then I was like, well, if I get it in French, like that's, you know, I could I could spend like $40, you know, yeah. and then I would only need, I would only need a hundred and you know, $60 as opposed to over $200. And I really thought about buying the beaches for that set of events. <laughs> that would have been so sick. Yeah, I ended, ended up not doing that. Damn. So. I am. Do you ever regret not buying beaches? I mean, that deck was pretty insane for sure. It won, <laughs> it won like every event yeah. over the whole course of that, that, that like you block. Know, seven days or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, another like ghost featured deck that comes to mind for me was like my first ever pet deck, which was Darkrai Dragons. Um, yep. Because Giratina is part ghost type. Let's not forget. Um, so Giratina with its chaos wheel was a was a ghost type attacker. If you think about it. I I had no idea. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's like that, dude. See, that's the thing about me is that I, I don't really play the games, so I, I don't actually know. Like, you know, the, the TCG types are all kind of condensed, right? You don't have ice type. Yeah. You just have water type. So, I, you know, I, I don't know any of really the ice types. I just think everyone's water. <laughs> you know, and I don't, think, I don't think about really ghost types. Oh, that's psychic. Yeah. Unless they're like spooky, you know, like Kafagrigus, that that dude's definitely ghost type. That has to be a ghost type. That right? has to be, right? Yeah. Giratina. Why is it ghost? Why? Because he's a freaking agent of hell. <laughs> he's from Pokemon Hell. Oh really? Yeah. Uh see I don't know any Giratina lore. Yeah, Giratina's like Pokemon Satan. <laughs> uh, that's cool. So every time you play Lost Zone Giratina, you're actually summoning loki a satanist oh that's <laughs> things to think about things to think about hard you gotta look yourself in the mirror every time you get put lost in your tita and you ask suck, if it's worth it suck you in man <laughs> got a couple of comments in the chat here as well mirror dove asked what is the most obscure choice you've heard from asking people what their favorite pokemon is i'm trying to think i do i do a bad job of like retaining the answers to the question 
Um, most recently, someone said Scraggy, which I like Scraggy a lot, but it's a, kind of an obscure Pokemon <laughs> to give yeah. us your favorite. Uh, so I like that one. Um, honestly, as stereotypical it is, you get a lot of the answers you would kind of expect, where you get like a lot of Lucarios, a lot of Charizards, a lot of Gengars. Um, maybe a maybe a Scrap. <laughs> you, you get a Scrap. You get a bunch of Scrap, of course, because everyone's huge into Scrap these days. But you know, after after Scrap, like you know, it starts to taper off. <laughs> so. Awesome. JW, any final words of spooky wisdom for our listeners out there this Halloween weekend? Well, hey, enjoy yourself. Stay safe, everybody. Hope everybody has a fantastic Halloween. Hope you hope you get to, you know, if you're if you're the type that celebrates, hope you get to go out and have a good time with some friends. Absolutely. And thank you all so much for your listenership. Appreciate every single one of you. And JW, one last question before we go. What is your Halloween costume for this Ooh. year? Uh, it's the same that it's been for the last decade. <laughs> yeah. What you want to share? Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a sexy cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sick. That's so sick. <laughs> I I might even do I might do the the black cat this year too. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, can was... we can touch souls from from different Halloween events. It, it was an idea that came to me. Um, my first Halloween in college, <laughs> I was a ghost. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that, 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 it was fun for me, but it was like hard to, you know, talk to anyone. Right. Cause I just took a, I took a sheet, a sheet and, cut holes and I just it. cut, cut holes, you know? Yeah. So it was like, it was fun, but it was like, you know, I, I, I feel like I could, you know, get to know people a little better and like, you know, make drinking a little easier and things like this, drinking water and yeah uh gatorade and, and seltzer stuff. and stuff seltzer yeah and so you know i wanted to just you know a funny take on the 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 you know the 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 feminine costume i feel like of of my day about a decade ago was either like a like a sexy um public servant so <laughs> you know like a doctor or a nurse or, or a police officer, you know, something like that in that vein, firefighter or a cat or a cat. So I wanted to get in on it and it was kind of funny cause you know, you just meet all these other cats <laughs> at the party, you know? So you have <laughs> something immediately in common. Yeah. It's kind of a jumping off point. Yeah. Oh, I love your costume. You know, where'd you, where'd you think of it? That's awesome. So. <laughs> i don't know if, i don't have one picked out for this year i have a couple ideas although i will say my most iconic halloween costume from the last decade was probably when me and my roommate went as misty and togepi dude <laughs> i was misty in the crop top and mm. uh, my roommate was togepi he had the all white get up and we like taped on like the togepi pattern <laughs> yeah that was awesome that is awesome. Well, again, hope everyone has fun and stays safe if you celebrate Halloween this weekend. If you don't, still have fun and stay safe, just not while participating in Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> we don't wish you to be in danger or anything. <laughs> yeah, everyone participating in Halloween, stay safe. Everyone not participating in Halloween. Well. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Best of luck. 
good luck out there. For real. <laughs> we appreciate every single one of you. Uh, your listenership means the world to us, and we wouldn't do it without you guys. Be sure to check out flexdaddy.card slash shop for the t-shirts. we still got more that we'd love for you to check out. Design's really, really cool if you haven't seen it already. And if you want to check us out on social media, you can do that best on Twitter. You can follow me at SmilesWithRiles, JW at RealJohnWalter, and the podcast at Tag Team Pokemon. That's going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. See ya.